Welcome to Living Chassidus. Together, let's live the Chassidus we learn. Okay, welcome everybody. Here we are at Living Chassidus. Um, another SAI for bringing. Yes, we're good. Awesome. Okay, so now we are going through SAI of Counting the Omer, where everybody does daily reading from this incredible book by Ryson and Jacobson, does once a week journaling and gets prizes for doing so. So Mazel Tov and so, so proud of every single person who's been working um, on themselves. Okay, I want to present everybody who got who earned their prize. I want to show you what the prize is. So first I will say a very beautiful and really inspirational. It's an absolute must in every home. We, in my family, we all read it from me, my husband, all of my kids. We read it constantly and um, it's an incredible book. So huge, huge mazel tov. And for everybody who's here, you might have the schos of getting it um, autographed by the author. So this is Mazel Tov 2. Rachel Fenwick-Smith, Ruta Cohen from Mahershkovic, Esther Citrin, Hannah Simcha Hillel, Ariella Zuckerman, Yosefa Wood-Eisenberg, Sarah Shredelson, Adina Lapine. Special shout out to Adina who did had Messias Nefesh and is, she's taking care of my children while I'm here. <laughs> we love you, Adina. Um, Sima Dushevsky, Chaya Matasov, Esther Malka Cohen. And if you did not yet um, send me your hand up about this program, please do so. And you will also receive a safer for yourself. Okay. With all of that said, we have the incredible schluss of having one of my favorite authors. I have to be completely honest. Um, a few years ago, I found the book Shadar. And from that point on, I was hooked. And every single time I see a new book, um, specifically the biographies, but also the, the life, um, I forgot what they're called, life series. Um, and I, I am very honored to have found this gem in Crown Heights and stopped them and say, hey, can you please speak for us? So um, Rabbi David Sokolkovsky was born in Crown Heights, neighborhood of Brooklyn, New York. He began his writing career at the age of 16 while studying at the Rabbinical College of America. Since then, he has written thousands of articles with a focus on Jewish history. His articles have appeared, among others, in Mishpacha Magazine, Hamodia, Ami Magazine, and the Jewish Standard. David lives in Brooklyn with his wife, Hannah Rezel, and their five children, Mati, Mayer, Shana, Benny, and Mendel. Today, David is a freelance journalist, and we are so lucky to have him. Um, for everybody who's here, he even brought us a, or made for us a handout. If you're not here yet, please contact us about the handout. So thank you. Hi everyone. Um, I guess introduce me. So one of the, the challenges of writing a book is biographies, which uh, I occupy most of my time is the actual creating of a of, of a story what does that mean of a story so most of us when we think back including myself we have very little 
of our life, which we, we call. So we 40 years old, I can na name you maybe 50, 60 things that happened to me, but every single day we have different stories that happen to us um, and interesting things, but most of it is forgotten. And I realized that there's a reason why they're forgotten. Um, and I've been a sort of a crusade, especially when it comes to women, which I believe that we don't know enough about because they're busy telling stories about their husbands, fathers, and not about themselves or their mothers. So what, what happens is a story, how a story is created, and that's sort of the topic of tonight. And it was gonna be of a story is the creation of a story is in our minds and how we take things from our lives and think about them and then speak about them. So a lot of times when we get together, we're speaking about other people. We're speaking about that happened to that person, it's happened to that person, and a lot of sometimes things, not nice things that happen to people. Um, but if we sort of think about our lives, the things that we go through, someone tells us something interesting and we think about that, um, something happened to us and we think about that, that, that this thing that happened and we repeat it over to people, then we're sort of thinking, first of all, we get the other person, we're speaking about interesting things and we get the other person to think about what happened to us and what they could learn from it. Um, so what, but a lot of times we think that, why should I speak on myself? It's like sort of like, you know, the opposite of uh, we're taught to be humble, to be, to be not, not to be proud, not, not to have gaiva, not to, all the kind of things that we hear in this. But um, I believe that when you, you talk about how great you are, no one's interested really in, in even hearing that. That's contrary to, to what it called. Um, that doesn't make conversation. That makes when you leave the conversation that people are going to then speak about you. However, when we speak about stories that happen to us, um, things, interesting things, and I'll give you some examples that happened you know, recently that I, I speak to my kids. I try to, when they come home, tell them, oh, this thing happened, this happened to me, that happened to me. Um, you know, let's say, for example, that an invitation arrived in my house. Um, sorry, I should say that someone, someone, what do you call it? Someone, many, uh, there was a wedding two and a half months ago, someone I knew and I never, the invitation never arrived at my house and I didn't want to go to the wedding. Um, at the end, I went to the wedding like 11, 1130. I said, listen, um, I'll go anyways if I'm uninvited. Hopefully you forgot that you didn't invite me. So he lives here in Crown Heights and I live in the same zip code. But at, two months later, the invitation arrived to my house and I realized that he didn't, what he called, he didn't mean, he sent the invitation, it's February 25th, it says on it and it arrived at my house. On May, on, on May 5th. So it came two and a half months later. And I said, thank God that first of all, I went. And second of all, I realized that he never what it called. So we, we sometimes judge people. I said, look, what happened? It's not their fault that it happened. It's the other, it's the post office, whoever's fault that lost it, um, that it happened. But these are things that we could speak about. It doesn't make, it's not like anything Gaiva or anything about it. It's about us. Um, I'll see, for example, I see my wife one day, um, she's, she's baking cookies and then she's baking, um, there was almond, almond raisin, uh, you know, balls that she was making. I'm like, like she said, oh, like the, the, the kids and the kids in her playgroup were making for the parents who had children, they're making them cookies, whatever. That's so why are you making balls? There's one family that, that the mother like eats very healthy. So she was making them. So I was telling my kids that look, this is what my wife did. 
it's not like anything. I'm just, just telling them. And then obviously today I remember, even though this was, you know, three or four weeks ago, if we don't speak about the things that people tell us, ideas, not necessarily anything about it to make ourselves like we're, that we're great people, but just think about the things that are happening in our daily life. And that's the way ultimately the stories happen. Um, so I'll speak about a, sto a, a story which I was working on a book and I'm gonna try to go through it in the documents, which involves the teaching how to, how, how to create stories in general. That means that creating stories, if you're ever gonna do family history, um, which everyone should most definitely do, creating family history is not so complicated. It's involved several tools. Hopefully I'll be able to a little bit to go through what those tools are, but ultimately it involves documents and oral history coming together and how that happens is, we'll get to it. So if you see, I knew my grandfather, um, page one, page two, I'm sorry. I knew my grandfather, Rabbi Chaim Bukit, was involved somewhat in printing of Sfarm in Shanghai, but I thought that it was very basic, like nothing, he was just involved, like, you know, like on a, I don't know, he got some letters and some ideas, whatever it was, and I have a letter here that he wrote to the Rebbe, which was, this is 1946, the Mr. Ramash, that's physically his handwriting, someone gave me, found a letter, 1946, this is going back around 24 years ago, so I've kept this by me all those years, of, of, of this letter. It's extremely cryptic, the Rebbe's answer, because it's not the Rebbe's answer to my grandfather. It's just notes. You see on top, this is, this is my grandfather's handwriting over here. Over here, these, that is the Rebbe's comments on my grandfather's writing, which to me was like extremely cryptic, the answers. Um, you know, we're speaking about that, 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 you know, how many copies he printed and then there are comments in it. And if you see, it says like, you know, like one word it says Shabbos, Shalah, right? I'm, I'm looking, I'm saying in Hebrew because I can't read it over here. On page, on page three, four, you actually see, I typed it up what, it, what the Rebbe's answers were. Talks, right? Talks and Tales, Runaway. That was one of the, that was one of the, the books that they had. Or um, Then it says, Mar Toeg, Ish Yerle Kim Askan. So Mr. Toeg, which is, you know, uh, an activist. Now, I'm, I'm like in my mind sitting here trying to figure out who Mr. Toeg is. I do a search online. I can't find really anything about the Toeg family when I do a search for Shanghai. Um, very little back at that point. And I forgot, forgot, through, forgot about this. Now I'm working on um, Kosher Investigator, which is a book about Rabbi Vera Levy. And sort of when I entered the book about of, of, of writing the book, it was very, it was very, what it called, it was, I didn't know how interesting it would be. And that happens a lot of times when I'm writing books, I don't really have a basis of a story here. I'm trying to create stories. Yes, I know we work in conscious, but like, how much could you write about it? It's very repetitive. And the point is they have interesting anecdotes. Everyone who we knew passed away. We're talking about someone who passed away in 1985. It's going back many, many years. So I'm going through and I find an article that he wrote and if you look on page, page 13, in one of the articles, he writes that he lands in Manila, in, in, in the Philippines, and he had a deal with the Rebbe, or worked out that wherever he goes, if there's no mikvah, he would pay for half of the mikvah, and the Rebbe would pay for the other half of the mikvah. So literally in, in, in the Philippines, 
the rabbit sends him there and Mr. Tolik right over there. So while I'm working on this book, I realized right away, my gosh, Mr. Tolik is sitting in the Philippines and I'm sitting in, and, and here is the same guy that the Rebbe is writing about to my grandfather, maybe to help him because they, they were wealthy people. I'm not 100% sure, it's fine. But now part of the way, the way I'm, I'm saying, I speak to people, I, I, I'm constantly telling people the things that, that, that happen. I'm telling people like, uh, listen, I found Mr. Tolik, which my grandfather was what he called to and everything that I'm going through. So I bounce off my ideas a lot of people books are not created in a vacuum i tell people i'm telling people ideas like this is what happened i met that guy i met, met this person and then someone tells me that his grandfather had a yichidus with the rebbe so it's a, a private audience with the rebbe and there the, rebbe, the grandfather tells them right okay i'm gonna it's on page 11 i know it's in yiddish right i'll read it um so he, he tells him that he tells rabbi rabbi um Rabbi David Groner was in Australia, so he told. So one of the things was that, like, like that, that the Rebbe did was that he there, were, there was no possibility to be shluchim back in the, in the 50s and 60s in every single country. So anyone who was going to go travel, he was telling them to stop in a million countries. Like when Rabbi Groner traveled to Australia and back here, it was every two years, whatever it was, he stopped in like seven or eight countries. If it wasn't, if 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 it wasn't Japan, if it wasn't the Philippines, and all different kind of islands. So in addition to America, they also like stopping, stopping by. People are stopping these islands, and so they kept these these tabs on people. So if you if you look in, in this in, 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 in what's going on over here, is that the Rebbe is already speaking about the mikvah in nineteen. I think this is nineteen sixty three, right? So he says like this. He says like so. He, he tells them that there's that in Manila, the first was there's a chaplain, right? From because the army, the U.S. Army, had a base over there for many years. Doesn't exist today, but for many, many years in the Philippines, the famous U.S. Army base. So there's first of all, there's a, there's a chaplain that Rabbi tells him that, that he arranged for kosher there, and then there's also someone there that came from Shanghai, and Bukit Kenem. It means my grandfather Bukit telling him knew who he knows him, and he lives in what he lives in over there in uh, in, um, in 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 the Philippines. So. You automatically, when I'm sitting and, and thinking, so I already I'm, I feel connected to, the, so, so what I'm saying is that I'm thinking about things, I'm speaking about it, and this is a story that's already being created. I'm working on, I believe you, I feel already connected in my own life, and, I'm, and I have already what to speak about, you know what I mean, about what's happening with this book. It's not necessarily anything great or anything that I'm speaking highly about myself. I'm just saying things that are happening. This is conversations that, that happen because we just think and put things together and having conversations, not necessarily speaking about other people you know, whatever, you know, negative things about other people, but we're speaking about interesting ideas, interesting that, that are happening in our life. Now, we get to, 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 book, to book, book printing, it's very, it, it gets very complicated. What does that mean? Um, I'm, I'm sort of like, uh, want my books to, 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 to be printed well. And that's a very, the process of making sure the bindings are good, so it lasts a long time that the, the printing should be good, um, et cetera. It's not like, it's not perfectionist, but I want it just to be good quality because I read myself books and I want the same experience that I have from a book. It shouldn't be too heavy. It shouldn't be too what it called. It should just be easy. I could, I could break open the binding. It's not gonna fall apart into pieces. These are things that I want and I, and I demand for myself. So I, I've gone through over, over the past uh, 12 years, like four or five printers. And at that point, 
um, I was printing two books. So one's a coffee table book, which was Footprints, and one was Kosher Investigator that I'm printing. And I have friends who are photographers, um, and they told me that there's this printer in in what do you call it in, in, in China, which is which which does great work for for a decent price. So I'm um, then gonna for the very first time send two books to China while I in the past I've printed some, somewhere else. Okay, so sort of one more time, I feel like a connection here of China to my so my grandfather was Shanghai during the war. He escaped he escaped through um through what do you call through uh from 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 Atvatsk from Atvatsk Poland to 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 Lithuania to Soviet Union all the way to Japan, then he was then he landed in China. So it's a long, long story, not for now. But the, the point was that my grandpa was there and he had some kind of connection there with printing. So I already like feeling in my mind, in my like, okay, my grandfather was involved in printing, whatever it was, but I don't know to what extent or anything like that. Then one day I get a phone call from a in Connecticut. He calls me up, he says, the conservative temple for seven, eight years, making me crazy in, in, in my town. It's a little tiny town in Connecticut. There's maybe maybe like seven, eight hundred Jews there. Um, and they make me crazy coming on. So I'm like thinking in my mind, it's old, old Chabad books. So he, they're like, okay, like what is my old Chabad books? There's all be a bunch of talks and tales, but talks and tales, and you know, and our peoples. And he's like, I'm not interested in old our peoples, I'm nothing to do with it, whatever. So he's like, yeah, I'll come, I'll come get it. Because I'm pushing it off for five, five years. He's pushing it off. And then he then at one point they're like, okay, he gets a call, we're gonna bring it over to you because we're fixing the office where, where, where the books are. He's like, okay, fine, listen, I'll bring it over to you. I'll turn into Seamus and I'll move on with life. In any case, he calls me up and tells me that- You're making him crazy about- that A box of books, like a right. box of books. Like he's like thinking like, ran, he's doing random Chabad books. Like what's like, what, what could it be? Like nothing. So he, he's, so they bring this, 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 these books to him. He opens it up and he's like, these are not books. These are like manuscripts, literally like handwritten. So I'm like, I'm like, he's like looking at them and then he sees that it says, see this? These are our handwritten uh, things over. He says that it says, um, he, the guy is, you look on page five, you can see a picture of him. His name is Chaim Leibush Propst. And he's writing over here that he's in, this book was um, in, 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 in Vilna. She's like Poland, and he knows that I'm into, in, into Poland. Like someone tells him, this is like a Kofsky, for sure he's gonna want the books. So I'm like, okay, bring me the books. Like, okay, fine, like, I don't, we'll see what it is. I'm not like, I, he didn't like really explain. He said, it's a bunch of books from one of the students that learned in Shanghai and, and he was in Poland. So I said, okay, fine, so bring me the books. He brings the books, I'm going through this whole process of, of, of China and, and dealing with printing. And this guy, Chaim Leibush Props turns out to be one of the students that were there and I, and I get it and I'm sitting here and going through the books. This is one of the books that the, the students printed in Shanghai. It's on page seven in your, in your, in your pamphlets. I just don't know what do you call it because I'm gonna, I'll bring it up, but sort of like freaked me out and almost fell down to the floor. Okay, so this is the book that it's printed, it says over here, it's originally Vilna. It says printed in through the students of the Tempe Timimim, which is the Bam Shiva, in Shanghai. What does it say in the bottom? Right? Litvas Aide. He writes in his own handwriting. This is props writing his own handwriting. Litvas Aide, printed by this 
two students' names, Hatamid Gershon Hanovitz. That's one, that's one of the students. Hatamid Chaim Meir, book it. So literally, my grandfather, book that he printed by himself while I'm dealing finally with China, all of a sudden lands into my hands in, 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 in Crown Heights. So it's just like a whole, what it calls, like a, a whole, like uh, my whole mind is like freaking, freaking out. Like this is the way, this is sort of the way I'm thinking. And I feel like so connected right now. Like, okay, I'm finally printing in China. And here I actually know that my, my grandfather actually printed Swarm, like physical Swarm. And like the guy wrote it down and thing. And this all of a sudden lands in my house. In the what you call in, in 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 Shanghai. Now, I just just want to just, just stop on two on two 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 things. Very interesting um, that that books of 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 Chassidus, very few were printed before they came to the United States. You could count them almost on your hand. Of uh, I'm talking about of Chabad and the the the, the students literally copied, them of you know chapters of Tanya, you know. My mom and, and just literally just wrote them down in their handwritings and piece by piece. And this, you're talking about like little, like I would say, like, I don't know, like you ever got an assignment to write a thousand times from a teacher? This is not like assignment of your teacher. You're dealing with, you know what I mean? Hundreds of hundreds of pages. And, and I have like seven of these books of, of, of just literally hand, hand, handwritten of, 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 of this and different handwritings. And he writes in each one when he wrote it down and when he got a letter and when he got something, you know what I mean? So it's like literally, Hataka, Mimani, this is, this is, he's writing, I wrote this down by myself uh, uh, from a letter from Chakatash, from, from the Rebbe Ayatz, Fidik Rebbe, on, on 8th of Tammuz, Tafir Salakest, 1939, in Atvatsk. He's writing down when he wrote it down. This is literally, they carried with them. Now, this is meaningful to me because I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, my, my grandfather told me that in, when they went through Russia, Right, they were they were deathly scared. What were they scared of? Well, what do you think? Like when they're here in 1941, they're in in, in Vilna and in, in Lithuania. What are they scared of more, the Germans or the Russians? Like at that point, we all would think that they would be scared of the Germans, right? We think, but they were more scared of. For anyone who hasn't doesn't understand how this, what happened with the students in that bus and what. Sure. Yeah. So. It's 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 a, it's, a, it's a very long story, and I don't really want to get into. It. I'm just saying that basically, the 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 Rebbe the, 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 the at one point tells tells um, the students that they should all go. They're all in Poland. They should all go to Lithuania. Lithuania at that point is is um is just had become a sovereign state. That means that the the Polish captured it, and then the Russians during the war, the Soviet Union and Germany split Poland. And that went to the Soviet Union. And the Soviet Union gave, gave Vilna back to the Lithuanians. So they're all, they're all told them. So the Kevin told them to go run to, 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 to Lithuania. Um, now they have to get to Lithuania. They want to get to the United States where the Fidikabar went to the United States. And this is a long and complicated how are they going to get to the United States. One of the, one of the stops they have to go through was through the Soviet Union. And if you think about it, the Germans, the 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 um, the, the Lubavitchers especially, but even all, 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 all the rest of the, the religious Jews are more scared of the Soviets of the communists than of the Germans. The Germans during World War One weren't cruel necessarily to to, to to people. They they thought there's a war in, in Poland. 
there's bombs falling, right? No one wants to live in a, in, in a place where there's a war, so they're running away. You're not dealing with bombs, right? You're not dealing with, with, with the Holocaust that we know from, 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 from that happened three years later, gas chambers two, three years later when they started. No one's thinking about that. Thinking about the, the Soviets who literally murdered hundreds of Lubavitchers, sent many more to, to Gulag, almost killed you know, the Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe. And they're like, we're going to go through now, going to head through the Soviet Union. So like, it's like mind-boggling. Like, like, what are they going to do? So there, there's like, they have to keep everything a secret. So like, if you look in um, on page, on page 10, right? If you look um, on the second column on the right, it says, so, so the Rashag, which is Rabbi Gerari, who's the head of the Lubavitch Yeshiva and Friedrich Rebbe's son-in-law, he's writing to, to, to an American official, kindly note, but you must be very careful when going to get the Russian visas. And nothing should be said that these students have any connection to Rabbi Shnehazen or Chabad. This information is not advisable for Russia. It would bring much harm to these students. They were literally scared to death, right? So now they, 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 they're going through, through, through Russia. And if you look on, on, on I'm fascinated, that, but this is the way stories are created. I'm trying to explain the way stories are created. If you look on page, on, on page nine, right? Page eight and nine, let's start with page nine. What's wrong with this letter? Like, what, like what, does, it, does this bother anyone? When you see this letter on page nine? Well, besides that, I mean, that, that, that's normal because they, 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 ran, they ran it from place to place. It's missing the letterhead, right? It's literally chopped off. Why is it chopped off? If you look on page eight, okay, you see something scratched out, right? On the top, on, on the top line on page eight, scratched out. Lubavitch. He literally scratched out the word Lubavitch. They're scared to death that the, any official stopped them. They're going to look inside their things. They're chopping off letterheads. They're scraping out Lubavitch. Literally, like, out of, you know what I mean? Like, off of the booklets. So, like, they, they cut off pages. He, he cut off the, 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 the what do you call it, the, um, the physical page of the book that says on, on and Lubavitch. And that's what they, this is, this is, what, this is what they were doing. So they were, they were literally scared to death of, of what he called, of, of what was happening. Now, so what was interesting was that my grandfather, once they're in Russia, in the Soviet Union, so then there's a bunch of Lubavitchers there who hadn't seen the Friedrich Rebbe in, it's already, he already left in 1927. So he, they haven't seen him and they're sitting there and they're, it's already, it's already um, 17, so it's already like 14 years and they probably don't have anything to learn from and they haven't gotten anything new. And here we're sitting with all the Friedrich Rebbe's you know, because all they're writing it down with their hand, and they literally took the many of them. It means they they, they they kept some, right? He he kept some of his, but my grandfather didn't come with so many out. I don't have we don't we don't have that many, and many other people. They just literally left it inside the shul in the Lubavitch shul in Russia. They took a book. They left printed books. But you don't think about it, like because when you think about it, they left printed books. It's one thing, but when you're leaving your handwritten books, which you wrote by your hand, it's ten times more. Mr. Snafesh, that you have for it is 10 times greater than just the what it calls. So it, it adds these things when you're just thinking about when you have a document in your hand, when I'm going through documents, when you have to you're thinking about what's going on, what's happening, where are things coming from. And that's sort of the way stories are created. Um, so, so what happens is they get to Shanghai, right? And there, my, my grandfather prints books, and you have you have you have that um so now i sort of have an entire picture of 
first of all, of what's happening. So, I, so there's, there's fascinating details of what we learn from three different documents about them. First of all, chopping off the, from, from Chabad. They don't want anyone to know about Chabad. So you have this whole interesting thing that this, they were scared more of the Soviets than of the, um, than of the Germans. And then ultimately coming to, uh, to, 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 to Shanghai. And then they leave Shanghai and come to the United States and they build an entire, you know I mean? They were the first teachers in the Lubavitch Yeshiva over here in America um, when it came to uh, all, all, the, all, the, all the students that went through Shanghai and came there and they started the Yeshiva in Montreal. And then the, those students, part of the students in Montreal went across the entire America to open Yeshivas or day schools here. Um, and that is the story of creating a story.